0: Centering prayer itself is silent, wordless prayer, and it's really meditation and a practice to open us up to the presence and actions of God within. So it's meditation and a relationship with God.
1: I'm Yvette Walker, the host of the Positively Joy podcast, where we discover that joy is not a feeling, it's faith. You can find previous episodes at PositivelyJoy.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. However you found yourself here, you are welcome, and I believe it was truly God-destined. We are in Season 3, and this season has taken the podcast into the vantage point of what joy is. I'd like you to listen to each episode this season through the lens of how Jesus Christ defines joy. John chapter 15 verse 11 reveals this when Jesus tells us to keep the Father's commandments and abide in his love. Jesus says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Enjoy and I pray you receive the message the Father has for you. Do you have difficulty staying in prayer for more than say a minute or two? Do thoughts of shopping lists, Work projects or kids' schedules start to pop in your mind? I know it happens to me. Author and speaker Rich Lewis coaches on contemplative or centering prayer. It's a way to stay in connection with God, silently, waiting on his still small voice to come to us. Today, we talk to Rich about this kind of prayer, and we even attempt some of this prayer later in the show, so stay tuned. Here's Rich. Hi, Rich. Thanks so much for being on the show today.
0: Great. Thanks for inviting me, and hopefully this will be a help for your community.
1: Well, I think so, because prayer is so important. You know, it is the foundation of what we do, and or at least it should be. But I think that some of us don't know how to pray. Some of us feel uncomfortable praying, uh, maybe feel a little bit awkward about it. I know that in the past I have been, and I really was interested when I saw your idea of centering prayer. So we're going to talk about that today, what it is, and uh, maybe even enter into a session of centering prayer toward the end of the show. Um, But first, let's talk a little bit about you and your background and how you got into being interested in centering prayer.
0: Sure. Sure. Well, I was always attracted to silence. I just didn't know what to do in the silence. And, and I had read a lot about silence in books by Carl McCullman, and this is probably back in 2010, 2011. Um, but he never really talked about what to do in, the pra- in, in silence, but he talked that, that it was very healing and transforming. And then in, so I would just practice silence at that time, not really knowing what I was doing. And it was brutally difficult just to make myself sit in silence for a minute or two minutes or five minutes but then in late 2013, I was perusing Amazon, actually looking, just looking for a book to read, and I came across a book by Amos Smith called Healing the Divide, Recovering Christianity's Mystic Roots. And in his book, it talked about two things that jumped out at me. Um, one was it centering prayer. So there was a silent prayer practice. So I thought, wow, there's something I can do in the silence. And two, he talked about what he called the Jesus paradox—Jesus being God and human at once. So I found his website, reached out to him, and just began asking him questions, um, and began practicing centering prayer. And to this day, we've actually, you know, become friends and, and work together. But that's really how I—that's how I found centering prayer. It was simply perusing Amazon, looking for a book to read, and I discovered it in his book and began practicing it. Um, Dabbling in it and then really seriously practicing it, June of twenty fourteen. Since June of twenty fourteen,
1: excellent. Uh, have you always been a Christian?
0: Yes, yes. So I, I, pro- I, I would say high school. Pro- probably I was probably about fifteen or so when when I became a Christian. I, there was a my friends were going to. It was a Baptist based group, youth group, and I went along um, to one of their Thursday night group meetings um, and started learning more about God and, and, and the Bible and Jesus then and, and went to that kind of while I was still in high school. So that that really was my introduction to God and, and the Bible and Jesus was was high school. We didn't actually go to church as a family. It was friends that were going to this group and invited me to go along with them. So that's when I started learning more about God, learning more about the Bible, learning more about Jesus.
1: Mm. And after you met your friends um, who who introduced you to this, did you go to church with them or mostly, mostly just in the understanding of who God was? I
0: went a few times to the church because they the the youth group had a, a a church. It was associated with the Baptist church, so I went a few times to it with my friends. But I mostly went to the Thursday the Thursday night. I think it was like seven to eight or seven to nine hour. And it was the group was called His House, and I remember being a ton of kids, probably about a hundred kids in it. And it was almost like church on Thursday night, but a fun, and it included singing and and lessons and and sermons, and it included a lot of fun stuff. So I think it was about an hour and a half, if I remember right. So it was probably a Thursday night church,
1: (laughs) if you think about it. And probably... As opposite as you can get from silence, as that can be, right?
0: <laughs> yes, there, there was no silence there. It was, a, it was a lot of loud noise and fun, but and, and listening. There, there was always there was a, always a sermon and a story that, as part of the that uh, group meeting as well. So it was, it was fun. It was sermons and it was skits uh, and then that kind of stuff.
1: And you know, obviously, I know why they want to make it fun because they're you know they're trying to engage the kids. But even with adults, you know, it seems to me that we're always trying to fill the air. You know, either we are, either we are listening to sermons or the music, like you said, or we're we have a guided prayer where maybe the preacher is praying and we are, you know, we are praying along with him. Um, the idea of prayer at at home by ourselves with no one telling us what to do, uh, I think, can be off-putting to some because again, you just don't know what to do. You feel awkward. Um, like you said, I don't know if I'm doing it right. And I think we need to get away from that. And we need to figure out a way because if we don't spend time with God, and I've talked about this before, uh, we will not hear that still small voice that we, that we read about in the Bible. There's too much clutter. And um, I think the idea of centering prayer and this entering into silence is an excellent way to be able to listen, to listen for his word, Um, but also to communicate with him. So let's talk about it. Uh, What is Centering Prayer?
0: Sure. So Centering Prayer um, was created in the early 1970s um, by actually three Trappist monks, so three Catholic priests, they saw uh, transcendental meditation going on and was very popular and they wanted something for Christians. So they created Centering Prayer. Um, One of the uh, Father William Manager kind of found the method and I'll explain the method in in a book called The Cloud of Unknowing. So they initially, it was for priests and then they began rolling it out to just uh, everybody. And then actually in 1984, the, the contemplative outreach was created which now it has a website um, and it really has become an international organization so if you go to that website you'll see chapters not only in the u.s but really internationally so if you wanted to well now you can practice with anybody online <laughs> zoom but if you when things open up you, you can go to a, you know a, go to go to meetings with people so you could go find one possibly near you in any country or anywhere in the U.S. So the example of outreach is really the main Centering Prayer organization, which is international. Centering Prayer itself is silent, wordless prayer. And it's really meditation and a practice to open us up to the presence and actions of God within. So it's meditation and a relationship with God because you're meditating and then you're opening to the presence and actions of God within Centering Prayer itself really has four guidelines or four steps. You, you sit comfortably, uh, close your eyes, and then you interiorly introduce a, a short syllable word, one, two, three syllables. Uh, you could choose love, Jesus, ocean, or color. And you say that interiorly to, to begin your prayer. And then really, whenever you engage your thoughts, so whenever you begin thinking about what you're going to do after your sit or you're thinking about things that happen before your sit, you reintroduce that word because the purpose is to let go of all of your thoughts and let go of all your emotions and open to God, the presence and actions of God within. So really, you use this word when needed, when you find you're doing everything but sitting with God when thinking about everything else. And it's not, but it's not used as a mantra. There are some practices, Christian meditation is another practice where you use a mantra and you're repeating it over and over again. With centering prayer, you're just using it when needed. So, the one other thing I'll say is you don't have to use a word. If you're an audible person, you can use a word. If you're a visual person, which is what I am, you can use an image. If you're a physical person, you can use your breath. Or if you're afraid you'll fall asleep, you can practice with your eyes open and to stare at a spot a little bit ahead of you. So so that's the practice. You do that throughout the duration if you're sitting for five minutes or 10 minutes or, or 20 minutes, but that's how you do Centering Prayer.
1: If you're listening to the show, you're already a member of the Positively Joy family, but now you can actually join our new membership levels and support the show while getting bonus content and free merch. Go to PositivelyJoy.com to learn more. This is different than just regular prayer, because I think when people think about silence, they might say, well, I pray in silence all the time. I mean, I, you know, I go to my prayer closet or whatever, my prayer chair or whatever, and I sit there and I pray. But I think the difference is, you know, when we're praying, when I pray, it's quiet to everybody else, but I'm talking in my mind to God. I'm, I'm thanking him. I'm praising him. I'm actually forming words, not with my mouth, but through my mind. This is completely different.
0: Right. It's, it's wordless. So you can think of, and by all means, don't I tell people this complements your other prayer forms. So if you have other ways of praying, don't eliminate them, add this to it and, and enrich and deepen it. So it's what I think of it as a reverse prayer. I'm getting out of the way and God is praying in me at a deeper level, you know, beyond words and images and, and thoughts. So it's, it's really just sitting with God and resting in the rest of God and letting God healed and transform us in the silence. So, mm. so you're not, you're not, so you're not praying. So you're not silently sitting and, and saying anything to God, even in your mind, you're letting go of all thoughts and emotions and just really, be still and know I'm God. For for example, you're just being still and know I'm I'm God. You're not doing anything, and that's what I I find attractive about it is I don't have to do anything. I don't have to worry about what I'm going to say or do. I'm just sitting with God, who I imagine is delighted that I'm that I'm doing that. God, why wouldn't God want me to spend some time with God in this manner too?
1: Hmm. Yeah, so it's kind of like, just shut up and let God talk. <laughs> right.
0: I mean, you're, yes, yes.
1: <laughs> you So you mentioned the origins of this and that, uh, you know, in the seventies, you know, you know, meditation was kind of a big thing. Uh, sometimes those other areas of medication involve some things that maybe, maybe people would not particularly see as Christian or whatever. Um, so, so it's really great. I think someone came up this I- with this idea for what Christians could do. But do you ever get any kickback when you're trying to communicate this to people or show them this? You know, do they think it's too new agey? Do they think, well, this is this is not praying. This is it's kind of something else. Do you ever get pushback like that?
0: No, there, there are people get concerned that it's new agey. Um So I remind them of a couple things. I mean, one, um, it actually silent prayer really goes all the way back to Jesus. I mean, there's many instances in the Bible. Jesus often went off alone and prayed where he went off and fasted. And we we don't we can't we don't surmise that he was always babbling and talking out loud, particularly if he's fasting. He had to conserve his energy. So he probably was silent. So we strongly believe Jesus actually did some form of silent prayer. And then it, it it comes all the way to the present. You have the Desert Mothers and Fathers, and then you have a lot of other contemplatives, more current ones. Um, even before Centering Prayer was founded, um, Thomas Merton is is a popular author um, that definitely did contemplative prayer, sil- silent prayer, and he, and even the Eastern religions. And I don't and when I say Eastern I don't, uh, Eastern Christianity religions, I don't I don't mean um, other types of religions. They, they always had mystical aspects of the religion and, and silence. It's more the West that was more verbal and, and more rules-based. So silent prayer really goes all the way back to Jesus, and it's really all over the Bible. Be still and know I'm God and Jesus going off alone to be alone. And there's many other instances of, of silence being part of the Bible and even in the Old Testament. It's just not, people just don't realize it, or it's just not talked about.
1: Mm. Do you, let's take you back a little bit. Do you remember the very first time that you practiced this? Do you remember what it was like, what it felt like?
0: Um, Well, I guess before I did, did it, the silence was brutal. And I think because I didn't know what to do. So I think that may have prepared me for when I discovered Centering Prayer, because Then it wasn't as hard because I knew what to do in the silence and I knew that I was supposed to let go of my thoughts and use my sacred word at that time, which now became an image, to keep opening to God. So I think maybe the brutal times of sitting in silence with not knowing how to do it, where I had a practice, made it easier because... I'll say I I jumped. I remember I jumped in the alcohol. I jumped in the centering for a swimming pool on June first of 2014, and decided I was going to try it twice a day for 20 minutes as much as possible, um, which is what they recommend. Because sometimes it takes you that long to calm down and and slow down. So for me, it really was. I think I was just ready. I I think I was ready for it at the time. I, I bet if I had tried it. By bef- well before 2014, I probably was not even ready for this type of prayer.
1: Mm. How do you think we can ready ourselves? We live in a world that is just so full um, you know with work and with other things with social media, with TV, um, not so much movies anymore, but streaming entertainment. there's just so much. Uh, so how ca- if we if we think we want this and I, and I'm gonna tell you, Um, I think a lot of people out there, and I'm one, like things to be full. I mean, you know, I I like silence to go to sleep. And I'm glad you mentioned earlier, if you feel like you're going to sleep, you know, use the word again, because I do anticipate that being a problem for me. (laughs) But so how can we ready ourselves if we are not the kind of person that we think are going to jump into the deep end of the pool? I would say
0: if you, If you're new to centering prayer, make make it the first thing you do. I mean, that's what I do um, even now as a you know a longer term practitioner. That's the first thing I do to start my day. It's God and I getting up and partnering to begin my day. And, and you can even, like, I have a kind of a little bit of a routine where I'm doing some reading before my centering prayer sit, then I'm doing my centering prayer sit, and then I have some more reading that I do after it. Then I get up and resume my day. So, build it into your routine. I have for me, I found that it's the best way to begin my day. It's God and I sitting together to begin my day, and then God's not staying in the room when I get up, He's God is walking with me. So, it's I sit with God and then I walk with God. So build it into your routine and and do it first thing in the morning. And then I encourage people, if if they kind of have one sit down, then I encourage them and and take baby steps. So maybe make it five minutes. You don't have to start at 20 minutes. Start with one minute or five minutes and see how it goes and work your way up to Five minutes and ten minutes and 15 minutes and 20 minutes. or even if it's just five minutes of silence every morning that that's that's fine too. And then add a second sit because it it refills your reservoir. So people will say I don't have time, I'm too busy. Well it actually what I've noticed is it has a way of giving you back time. So I stop you know what I'm doing in the usually in the middle of the day right before lunch and I eat a late lunch, so one or two o'clock in the afternoon, I'll do my second sit then. And I have found it really just has a way of um, refilling my reservoir, reconnecting me to God, reconnecting me to life. And just like during Centering Prayer, where you use your sacred word to let go and open to God, you bring that posture with you into your day where you can let go of things that don't help you and hone in and focus on the tasks and duties that you need to do the second half of the day. So I encourage people even add a second sit even if it's you know five minutes, just add a second sit. So I guess build it into your routine, and and see how it goes. And I think you'll be pleasantly surprised that it it gives you back time and and it reconnects you to God, reconnects you to life, and and you're more productive than you thought you might be because of it.
1: Mm-hmm. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I imagine that if you if you work in a place where you can get away, even if you don't have an office, but a place where you can get away. Um, had a particularly stressful first half of your day, it might be a really, really good practice to build that in uh, to just let some of that go and and then go into the second half of your day more refreshed and recharged.
0: And I would, like I, when I was in an, I've been working from home with COVID and we'll probably be back in an office toward the very end of the year. I, I But I when I wasn't in an office, my second sit was in my car. I mean, I would actually just, I was, and I was able to, so if you're able to, if, if you're in a place where you can find a room, that's fine. But if not, I did my second sit in, in the front seat of my car in the parking mm. lot. And usually the weather was, was reasonable. And even in the winter, I, I would run the car just a little bit to warm it up and then turn it off. Cause I wasn't sitting in there too long and, and do my second sit in my car, you know, in the parking lot. And nobody knew I was back there doing anything. And if they did, did they might think I was just taking a little bit of a nap before I went back in.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know. I love it. Um, Can you do this with someone else? Can you do it with a partner or your family? If, if you have maybe not particularly young children, but maybe teenagers, can you do it as a family?
0: No, you can. I mean, so centering prayer can be practiced obviously by itself and then centering prayer is, is practiced in groups. And there's like the centering prayer groups I mentioned that are part of contemplative outreach when they would meet in person, they're practicing with you know however many people are in the group, whether it's five or 10 or 20. There's a lot of Zoom groups that practice on a weekly basis. So you're practicing with whoever's calling in. And then, yes, you can practice it with others. Like, for example, when I was, was practicing, I am practicing, but when I began practicing it, my kids wanted to know what I was doing because I was practicing my second sit at that time in the basement. So I told them to follow me and I taught them both so my daughter at the time was 13 and and so she actually began doing centering prayer sits with me and she's the one that was afraid to she'd fall asleep so she kept her eyes open and then my son at the at that time he was eight he wanted to understand it and we would would do a one minute sit together so yes you can I I taught both of those my older son didn't really want anything to do with it and I wasn't going to push it on him but the other two were intrigued and we actually kind of continued to do it on and off from time to time so, yes, you can definitely do it um, alone, and you can definitely do it in community, and you can definitely do it with you know, a husband, a spouse, a friend, a child as well.
1: Nice. So nice. Um, what are the benefits or the fruits that you think you really get out of Centering Prayer?
0: Sure. So, the first thing I'll say is, you know, we sit because we love God and, and we we want to be healed and transformed by God, or we're not coming really with any expectations. We're coming just simply because we want to sit with God and, and deepen our relationship with God. And then God seems to have other plans and he knows what each one of us needs. So God seems to bless each person um, specifically to what they need. So for me, I've def- what I have noticed really over the last almost eight years is you know, I have an excitement for life that I didn't have prior to centering prayer. I have a lot more confidence in myself. I have nudges to get outside of my comfort zone and try and do new things. I mean, really, as a result of Centering Prayer, I ended up creating my website, Silence Teaches. I I wrote a book. I do coaching, and and I um, teach it in the community. And these were things that they weren't even on the radar screen before Centering Prayer. Uh, Wisdom for tasks that I'll, I'll get. I seem to get wisdom for tasks as I finish the second half of, of my day. So just to, and then it's just really more inner peace, inner calm, and less reactive, and more willing to listen to people rather than argue with someone if I hear them say something that I that I know I disagree with. So it slows you down and and it helps you. And opens you to life, really. I'm I'm more willing just to be more open to life and what it has to offer instead of an immediate, no, no, I'm not going to do that or try that or listen to someone who has a view that's very different than mine.
1: You have said that silence teaches us who we are. What do you mean by that?
0: So it it has taught me who I am. I I, I guess silence teaches, silence connects you to your true self which is the person God wants you to be. And it's not an end point. It's, it's a journey of, that God takes you on. So for me, it has taught me um, to be more confident, to, to be more patient with people. It, is, it has shown me that I should write a book, in which I had was, was, my book was published in August, Sitting with God, A Journey to Your True Self Through Centering Prayer. It has taught me that I should be teaching this in the community and the churches just in case it can help people. Um, so it has, it's really shown me the way forward in terms of what does God want me to do. And it is, it's helped me with, you know, my wife and being more patient and it's just helped me just be a better listener to people. So silent it teaches me who I am because you let go of your thoughts and emotions during centering prayer and open to God and, and really listen to God. And then when I come out of my centering prayer sits and I'm kind of listening to my inner, nudges that i'm getting from god and, and you you learn to you learn to listen to them and then take, move forward and take action
1: i'm intrigued by the groups you know the zoom groups or the whatever where you're together doing this um because I, I do like being around people do you find that it perhaps if you're a beginner it's it, it is good it is okay or maybe it's not great to begin with a group of people that you don't know or does it matter
0: I don't think, no, I think actually it may be helpful because you're not going to be the only, so I think in many of these groups, you know, they're, they start and then they welcome people and they may ask is if anybody's new to centering prayer, they'll, they'll share how you do it. And then maybe they have a short lesson or something that they want to do. And then they do the sits and they, you know, let people know however you want to comfortably do the sits. So some people will, you know, will mute themselves and turn off their cameras and then, And then they'll be prompted, you know, to that we're doing the sit now. And then they'll be prompted, the sit is now over. And then there might be some conversation if anybody wants to talk or share or ask any questions. So I think it could be very helpful for some people. Even if you don't want to participate, you're at least able there doing it. And when I say participate, mean talk, you can still, you're still there doing it and you're still listening and hearing about it. So, if, like, for example, I, I right now I've been doing a weekly book study of my book, chapter by chapter, and there's a person, um, she didn't want to initially come. She wanted to come, but she says, I don't want to be heard, I don't want to be seen. And I said, you don't. I said, "I'll see, you'll get the Zoom link like everybody else, mute yourself, and, and turn off your video and just listen, and I'm perfectly fine with that. So I actually have someone that comes to my, I did my seventh weekly one today, and the person just listens once in a while, write something in the chat, but that's her comfort level. And I'm, I'm fine with that. So you could even do that on one of these zoom calls. If you don't want to be seen and you don't want to be heard, but you want to join and be part of it, you could join in that manner and and the group will be perfectly fine with that.
1: Very interesting. Um, I, will we be able to get uh, some, uh, some places to go, maybe some zoom links or websites to sign up for this from you that I could put into the show notes?
0: Sure. So um, in terms of like a a group that does contemplative uh, center and prayer practice, yes, I I can give you a contemplative outreach website would probably be the best place for someone to go because they could go into that site and then they could find groups. They could look even in their state and then find groups that practice in their states. But as I said, nowadays, it, 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 you could go into any state and join because everyone's doing it on Zoom. But that would be one easy way to do it is go into their website and you would very easily find a group and then you could contact them ahead of time and just say, I'd like to join your group. And, and they're not going to say, no, you can't. They're going to be, yes, we'd be pleased to have you join us when it's you know, at the proper time. Join us and sit with us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Excellent. Well, how can we find you? You mentioned your book and you have a website. Go ahead and tell us that.
0: Sure. The easiest place to find me is it's called silenceteaches.com. And if they want to just learn more about centering prayer, I have a free e-book on centering prayer. When they subscribe to my site, they'll get it. It's a short free ebook about centering prayer. And then if they want to explore it a little bit further, they can uh, check out my book page on my site to see if they want to further explore the book, um, if they want to go a little bit deeper. Because the book itself I I wrote for a couple reasons. One was to share Centering Prayer and make it very accessible for anybody. I, I also talk a little bit about my theology in it and where I'm at. And then lastly, I just share a lot of personal experience of how it has healed and transformed me over the years. And then I think and hope it can do the same for you. So it's really has those three, you'll read that in, in my book.
1: That's great. And are you on any social media platforms?
0: They can, I guess, they can find me through silenceteaches.com. So I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I'm on um, Instagram. And then what I do, I do Facebook Lives um, from time to time, and I I end up recording it and putting that on YouTube. So also on YouTube as well. That way people people that like to read can read my blog. People that like to watch a video can can see it on my Facebook page, or they can go to my YouTube page. And people that just like short snippets can, I guess, do Twitter and Instagram type of stuff.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So before we started this, you and I talked about um, actually having uh, an opportunity to enter into Centering Prayer here on the podcast. Now, obviously, we're not going to take 20 minutes. And I think I even tried to boil it down to 30 seconds, but I'm going to go back to a minute. Let's do a minute. I think that that is just maybe just a taste of what this could be. And I'm very new to this. So guide me like you would someone who has never done this before, because I have never done this before.
0: Sure, sure. So I'll remind you how to do it. And then I I have a timer here. So you won't, I guess, because I'm plugged in through my headset, you won't hear it, but I'll watch, I'll, I'll have the sound so I know. So think of a word, one, two, three syllable word that you'll want to use as your sacred word. And then you'll close your eyes. To begin your prayer, you'll introduce this word interiorly in your mind. And then over the minutes, whenever you engage your thoughts and think about other things other than sitting with God, reintroduce that word into your mind and then let go of it. And then whenever you need, whenever you find yourself engaging your thoughts, just bring that word back to your mind and then let it go. Sometimes you'll naturally bring yourselves back. Other times you'll have to remind yourself by using your word that I'm not supposed to be thinking and planning and plotting. I'm supposed to just be opening to the presence and actions of God within. So that's what you do during the one minute. And then I'll just let you know um, when the one minute has ended.
1: All right. And will will you also be entering into it now as well?
0: Yes. So I have, I set my timer here. I, I use what's called the Contemplative Outreach app on iTunes. So I set it for one minute and then I'll, hit apply and then the, the bell will go off you won't hear it so i'm just going to hit it and then i'm going to close my eyes and then when you see me opening my eyes and talking you know you'll know the minute has ended so people will watch us we can remind them that we're not sleeping we're doing centering prayer for one minute
1: <laughs> okay <all laughs> so right, i guess let's
0: go ahead and close your eyes and we'll begin
1: I could hear the the chime.
0: That's good. I, I was, I was hoping they would hear it. So, cause it's helpful yeah. to have like a beginning bell and then a closing bell. And then you yes. kind of slowly bring yourself, you might sit for a minute or two and just to bring yourself back to, you know, life, so to speak
1: yes. um, in, in
0: a different way. But no, I think that's great that we at least did a one minute sit for people and people, if they listen through, they'll get at least a one minute silent uh, sit experience.
1: It was, uh, it was quick, and, you know, I, I wondered if it would be faster than I thought it would be. And I mean, it's not a lot of time, of course, but um, I wondered if it, would, if it would feel like forever, and it didn't. It felt quick. The one thing that I noticed, so I, I had to bring myself back a lot for a couple of reasons. So as I mentioned before we started recording, my dog is in the room, and she breathes heavy. So I can hear her little snores, and maybe maybe everybody else did too. I don't know. Um, when you hear things, I mean, because because you're unless you're in some kind of a chamber that has, you know, that's soundproof, you're going to hear things. So, so there was that. And then the other thing was I almost didn't know what to do with my breath. So toward, I think toward the middle to the end, I just started breathing deeply and that I felt like I was centering myself a little bit better doing that. Um, So what about the sound thing? Cause you're going to hear stuff. Right. You are. I mean, I,
0: obviously you want to try to go, in a more quiet place wherever you can but but right you're going to hear sounds so you're going to have to just use your sacred method to bring yourself back to the present and open to the presence and actions of god within so it's just part of part of the practice and it's not a bad thing distractions aren't a bad thing in centering prayer then they're a reminder to use our word to 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 reopen reopen to the presence and actions of god within I mean, obviously, if you're in a super loud place, then you might want to find a different spot next time if you know it's not going to be a good spot for you.
1: Well, no, this was quiet. And in a way, you know, it was, it was my dog. I love her. She brings me joy. My word was joy. <laughs> and you know what dog spelled backward is. So it wasn't bad, but I, you know, but I just, I could, I could hear it. And so I did use my word to bring myself back. I think it was changing my breathing that actually helped. Okay. Cause I felt like, you know, it's almost like I didn't know what to do with my hands. I didn't know like how to breathe. And it was, it was kind of distracting me just breathing for a minute, but then I started breathing, breathing deeply. It seemed to help me anyway. So um, thank you very much. I enjoyed that. And I think that I will reach out and maybe to some of, you know, like I'll go to the website you suggested um, and see if I can uh, work that into my day a little bit more. I, I can see how that'd be very, very beneficial and helpful. So thank you so much for sharing that with the podcast audience today.
0: Great. I'm glad you wanted us to try it because for most of the podcasts I've been on, we've talked about it, but we haven't actually done a sit. So I think it's great for your community to hear about it and then see two people actually doing this sit and maybe they'll try it for themselves as well. I hope so. And I would encourage them just to take baby steps. Start slow. One minute, two minutes, five minutes. Don't feel that you have to go 20 minutes and 30 minutes. Just take baby steps.
1: Excellent. Well, Rich, thank you so much. I've gotten a lot out of it. I hope the audience has too. And um, I definitely will put those uh, things into the show notes so people can know where to go. And I appreciate you.
0: Sure. Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for listening to Positively Joy today. Go to PositivelyJoy.com for inspiration, encouragement, and past episodes follow the podcast, and review and subscribe wherever you go for podcasts. Don't forget to check out our cool merchandise with our new logo. And also, on the website, go to the Talk tab and leave us a message on what you love about Positively Joy and what you'd like to hear in the future. Again, thanks so much for being with us. Bye for now.